0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to Witty Banter. This is episode three. We finally made it it's finally a normal thing. It's a weekly thing. It's happened. Is, is that
1: the uh, the the step that makes us known that it's it's
0: in our DNA now? I, I would say so. I mean, if not that, then what else? Well uh, what what is today? Today is October tenth. It's October 10th, 1010 10. Thursday. We're recording at 5 p.m. Beautiful Beautiful evening out the window right now. Or just weather. Yeah, dude, I've literally been able to sleep with the windows open like these past three nights. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's been awesome. I just washed my bed. Oh, uh,
1: like... Or washed the sheets in my bed yeah. like two or three days ago. It's so like I'm a new bed. For the most orgasmic
0: <laughs> Yeah, just rolling in it. <laughs> well, cool. We got a lot of stuff uh, planned to talk about. Um, first, first things first, uh, what beer are we drinking, Hunter? All right,
1: so we were... Uh, we were looking for something, as as Chase said in the store, to kind of uh, transition us into the fall. Yeah, and so um, we, we we decided to go with uh, a Left Hand Brewing Company beer. Yes, and one of my um, they
0: make one of my favorite beers, the Left Hand Milk Stout. Mm-hmm. Oh, they make that. That's them. Oh, okay,
1: that makes sense. Yeah,
0: okay. so that's um, why that's why we. We haven't had anything else from these guys, but we're like, hey, they're doing, they got some other stuff going for them, so let's, let's see what Chase's they got. It's Chase's
1: favorite beer, probably my top three favorite beer, but the one that we're trying out today is, uh, it's called Sawtooth Ale. Um, yes. Just besides the fact that it's an interesting name, um, I mean, what kind of beer is it? Doesn't it, say?
0: it says on the back that it's real short and sweet, and it says, this amber ale is a perfect balance between malt and hops. A great... Session? session beer. Session beer. So we're going to have a great
1: session oh, yeah. for this beer. I hope you're
0: ready to have the session of your life.
1: It's about 5.3% alcohol by volume, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty standard on the yeah. like craft beer. Um, but we're going to go ahead and pop this thing Yeah, go, go ahead.
0: Um, so my only thing is I'm, I'm stoked about the hops. Obviously, if you like IPAs. I'm here. stoked about the session. Yeah, me too. I mean, <laughs> above all else. <laughs> But malt, I gotta be real honest. I feel like malt is pretty much in every amber or ale. And mm-hmm. it's honestly something that, like, when it's too much, like, when it, I think I find that it overpowers the beer a lot. So, okay. we'll have to see how this goes.
1: Well, I have zero preconceived notions for my beers. Yeah, I'm all open book. <laughs>
0: right. Alright, first of all, beautiful color. Okay. Beautiful color. Pretty much, well, I don't know, your standard. Amber yeah, color, Yeah, it's, it's, it's amber color. It's amber as shit. Hunter, <laughs> uh, why don't you go ahead and give it a sip. Okay. Give it some first impressions. a little
1: sauce. bit of head on my pour, but... Uh... Yes, Wait, it's got like a... <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I feel bad about saying this, but like...
0: Cut to first... shit.
1: <laughs> no, the first thing that came to mind was like... It's like buttery popcorn. Right? Hey,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. It's fall, man. Oh, do you understand what I
1: mean? Um, I guess I don't know. I, I might just be way
0: off. I definitely get the hops. Little, maybe like a little citrusy. Yeah, it's good. definitely um, it doesn't have a lot. You can tell it doesn't have a lot of alcohol. It's really drinkable. Yeah, really easy to drink. Good, Great session you know, If I were to really pin this on anything, I would say, if you're in the mood for a session, you're going to want to look at the sawtooth ale. But uh, actually, yeah, I like this. This is a perfect... It doesn't have too much malt like I was already worried yeah. about, which is good. Oh, yeah. Let's get this session under the way. I don't know. How's your week been, dude? What have you been up to? Actually, shit. Since the last time we talked, mm-hmm. you got to go to ACL. Yeah, I did. Holy fuck, man. Which is,
1: which is honestly... It's ridiculous that it took me as long as it did... To go to ACL for the first time, I'm a senior, and yeah. and, and so I've been in Austin for four years now.
0: And Man, I tell you what, after last weekend, I will never not go to one. Like, <laughs> seeing all the
1: Facebook pictures. Oh my god! So three, first of all, yeah, when I
0: finally saw the lineup and saw that there was like 95 bands I wanted to see, I was like, fuck <laughs> me. Number two, yeah, the pictures and all that. Number three, like yeah, I was just walking around Saturday. All my friends are at ACL, and, like, the, like I was literally, I, this is the loneliest, it's probably the loneliest moment of my life, I was at a bar by myself at, like, midnight, it was 1230, I was like, yeah, I'm going next time.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: you so went all three days, right?
1: I went all three days. It was kind of weird, because um, the first and last days, I really was kind of by myself for yeah. most of the time, almost 85% of the time. Um,
0: Good crowd leverage.
1: First day... Uh, I, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna trip up on everything that I saw, but like on the first day, I went and saw Fun.
0: Oh, really? Why did you want to go see them?
1: I, it was it was more for the stage. Uh, I just wanted uh, to go to that yeah. stage for uh, the performers that were gonna come up. So I saw Fun. And then I saw a Vampire Weekend. I bet that was which was awesome. Dope, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, like, was he's fucking bad come. <laughs> Yeah, it dude, was, uh, I was just losing it. it was just, yeah, it was fun. And then uh, I think the closer that night that I saw was Muse. And oh, cool. Muse was awesome. The, their performance was great, but they had two blowouts. I heard. They had two, and, and ironically enough, they thought it was funny. It was, uh, the, the reason for the blowouts was because they were running on a generator. The power was from the generator it has got to be the biggest... The generator, was <laughs> nuclear
0: power plant generator?
1: <laughs> the generator, quote-unquote, ran out of uh, oil. <laughs> so they thought that was like funny and ironic. I thought it was funny. But the yeah, um, yeah. second day I saw... um Portugal demand. Oh wow, dude! And I that saw, was that? It was awesome. Those guys
0: kick ass. That they just voice. They just have such like a great like. They just feel fun. Yeah, like you listen to them, you're like, I just want to go make friends and put flowers. In Almost my like
1: all their songs were pretty much like two or three people singing at the same time with great harmonies and stuff. Oh, so dude. it's all just
0: like you can sing. Nothing's more stuff. catchy than when like there's more than one person yeah. singing.
1: Yeah. and so so I went from. I went from him to Passion Pit for, like, 30 minutes. Damn. And I don't really know much about Passion me. Pit, but I was just staying there kind of just to, you know, waste a little bit of time. Yeah. Then I, I kind of got like separated name. from an entire group, and I ended up going with this really sexy girl uh, <laughs> that I just you. met to Kendrick Lamar. Okay. And Gamar, Kendrick Lamar lit it up, dude. He got it turned Okay. D- d- it was Describe
0: awesome. to me how a fucking rapper turns <laughs> it up live, Because I'm going to be real okay. honest. Okay. I have no... No, want to go see a rap show live, in my fucking opinion. And okay. What I've even seen on YouTube is just, like, he goes up there, does his songs, and, like, kind of says some... I, 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 I understand
1: what you're saying. I've never been to a rap concert, but I know what you're saying. Um, he did not... He, he didn't... First of all, he actually sang word for word most of the songs, which is, like, not a normal rap concert thing. Okay. Second of all... He uh, he had a lot of interaction with the crowd, uh, okay, trying well, to hype that. them up, trying to hype them up, and he was like, "Man, I've been on tour all over the world, but y'all Texas motherfuckers are crazy. But I kind of want to be able to just outright say that y'all are the the craziest yeah. motherfuckers that ever, That's you know, I've awesome. ever seen." And so he so he did this one song, I think it was Mad City, and Mad City is like his most like hyped up song. Right? This Which is, one is that? It's like. <laughs> Okay. Brace yourself, I'll take you down a trip down memory lane. Right, and yeah, so he gets yeah. he gets crunked during it. So he plays that, and he was like, all right, that was a motherfucking 10 out of 10.
0: Let's turn this motherfucker up to a 15. <laughs> and we were all just like, ah. Oh.
1: So we did the same song over again, and we all knew the words. And so we were just going off. That's cool as hell. Yeah, it was, That's great, cool it was really, really, really awesome. And the thing was is that he wasn't even a closer, but he had probably just like, as many the whole people. whole festival, yeah. yeah. It's a big um, name now. Yeah, and so then after that, I went and saw Kings of Leon, which I don't even know much of their stuff, but mm-hmm. they had a great show.
0: Great yeah, show. I've actually heard that they're live before, which is awesome. And where I, like, I've never listened through their albums, but the songs I've heard, I've always liked. Like, dude, yeah. and this, this came out a while ago, and it's, yeah, it was one of their singles, but Sex on Fire? Yeah. That song fucking rocks. Dude, they didn't even play that one.
1: That was the one, oh, that, wow. I, that, was the one that I wanted to hear, and I wanted to, I had like two or three girls that I wanted to send it to. So. Uh-huh. But, uh, the one, the one that <laughs> I was- I was gonna be so suggestive, it blew my plans. Yeah, it <laughs> But, yeah, so, um, yeah, their performance was awesome. I was actually kind of, uh, prehens- apprehensive about, um, their performance because I had heard from people prior to their show that, like, the main singer apparently is this alcoholic. And that he's messed up a lot of performances in the past. and oh, like his dude. band's gotten all pissed off at him. So I was like, I hope he can keep it together. Yeah. But dude, he killed it. He has an awesome voice. Yeah. Live. What's he he's look out- like? He has he's just a normal face guy with like a beard and. What kind of beard are we talking about? I'm saying like, like if I don't know, just a like normal full beard.
0: Okay. Full it's beard. not
1: it's not like down like Duck Dynasty style, right, right. but it's it's also not but like it's, it's wispy. Tripped. Yeah. It's tripped. And uh, and then for the third the third day the final day the of day Sunday, of days man the day of days um I ended up getting a late start right because I didn't really even have that many artists that I wanted to see during the day
0: I can't yeah White Dinner was
1: playing yeah but, Silver Sun Pickups was on Sunday Silver Sun Pickups was on Friday
0: oh was it oh, oh. fuck me I don't know
1: um, actually no Silver Sun Pickups was during Portugal The Man on Saturday and that's why I was so pissed off because I couldn't see both of them. Uh, I ended up going with Portugal the Man because I had a big group of people with me. Anyways, on Sunday, Adams for Peace was playing. It was either Adams for Peace or Lionel Richie for the closers. And it's like, oh.
0: <laughs> I think I'll go to Adams for Peace, please. <laughs> and so, Not that I don't respect, Lionel Richie. I, yeah, I, I mean, mean, Lionel Richie, Richie is a yeah.
1: repertoire. But yeah. and, no, but so I got there at 4.30. I staked out for two and a half hours. That's the right? way you got go to do it. Go to the stage. Literally, this was the funniest part. I went to the stage that they were going to be closing on, and I was probably 45 minutes before the act before them. Yeah. Right? So it was like 4.30, and the National was playing at 5. And I, I never even heard of National. Yeah. I literally got eighth row because I just pushed through whenever the uh, one before them went. And I was like, so uh, who's playing? <laughs> and everyone around me was like, what? You know? That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> And then, uh, after you said your friends were up here, you the asshole. was like these older guys, the lead singer was wasted. And it was kind of cool. He went into the crowd mm. and went like this huge semicircle throughout the crowd Fuck and got back yeah. in. So it was really It but, was a cool ending. You
0: know who did that at a concert I was at? Was Valiant Thor. Valiant Ooh. himself <laughs> got down in the middle of the crowd and like sat down on his ass and started doing like these crazy hand gestures yeah. like going back and forth real fast. HXC. Yeah. And then like <laughs> and then everybody formed a circle and like we all sat down with them and did shit. It was you sat
1: down, down with them Indians Yeah, style? Oh my God.
0: God. That's dude. so sick. Into the concert, he pulls up the whole front row on stage. Me and Max like are on their Twitter feed. And that's where I got that guitar pick. <laughs> that's hanging on my wall. Oh, yeah, dude. So okay, Adam's piece comes on.
1: And um well yeah the National goes on. It wasn't that good of a show, but they had that one part where it was really cool. Anyways w- whenever their show is done it's just a mobbing of people going up to the front, people leaving, mostly people leaving. Yeah, and, um, and I'm all every amateur piece of fuckers. Yeah, yeah, I mobbed my way all the way to the second fucking row. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. And now, okay, and okay but,
0: but give me a like distance and feet, because front row at a small place can be I can touch the lead singer.
1: Distance from distance from the stage,
0: you to the microphone of Tom York. I'd
1: say that I was thirty feet from Tom York's face. Fucking A. If he if he yelled loud enough. He would have spit on my face, which is awesome. Yeah. Right?
0: Drink that shit up.
1: Yeah. So not only was I like, you know, really close, but it was super packed. I mean, mm-hmm. I had less less room than my body would even allow for Yeah. Right? And so I just sat down. I just plumped down, and, like, there was a bunch of other people that Find were... Planted yourself. Yeah, there were a bunch of other people that were around. that were standing up, and they were getting all pissed off, right, because I was taking up, like, a little bit more room
0: for my sit-down Listen, stance. man, your knees could, like, really lift. But up. it was funny,
1: though, because you know how whenever you get to the front of a show where the people at the front are going to be going ape shit about this band? Yeah. There's a community that, that forms. Know. You start being, like... I don't know who you are, but you like this band probably as much as I like this band. My name's Hunter. That's yeah. why
0: I don't mind going to concerts by myself. I met
1: like I met yeah. like five seventeen-year-olds mm-hmm. that were just blazing yeah. up, and they were just chill. And then, yeah. then I, I met these this couple that was like forty-two behind me, and they were loving. They yeah. were just loving me because I was full of life, right?
0: No, <laughs> you're, like, you're so youthful. <laughs> I met just other, wait till you hit you yeah. know, the was, bad news. I
1: had this other like kind of kind of obese girl trying to hit on me, and I was like. It's uh, <laughs> all, all
0: part of the experience.
1: But anyway, so yeah, the, the show was just nah. incredible. Flea and Tom York just had these uh, interactions uh, from song to song. They, they played most of Tom York's solo album songs.
0: I think that's what's surprised me the most about the longevity of this band so far, is I think it has actually been the chemistry of Flea and Tom that has made them like want to continue touring, because A, they're having so much fun, and B, like, people want to go see it now. And when, it first, like, when I first read, like, the list of, like, who was in this band, I was like, this is such a weird hodgepodge, you know? But it's fucking cool that, like, two sides of, honestly, the spectrum mm-hmm. are able to fucking yeah come together yeah, like
1: that. it's cool, too, because, um, Nigel Godrick, who yeah. is, he's, I mean, he's, like, basically one yeah. of the hugest influences in the sound that Radiohead produces. Mm-hmm. And he plays, like, keyboard. He right? plays, like, keyboard and synth and, um, you know, just, he's, he's kind of a utilitarian musician for them, and it was awesome, you know, and...
0: So, it's cool to see him get to really flex his stuff. Right, yeah, right he's a musician, yeah. too. He's, like, yeah. he's an audio
1: engineer, which is what he originally was. Now, um, now would you
0: see more of like a producer? Or...
1: It's, it's tough, man. Right? I, I wouldn't even put, want to put a label on him. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, so the show was awesome. It, there was a couple of mess-ups. Um, if you know anything about Tom York, one, he's not the most pleasant guy. <laughs> and second of all, it, he expects a lot out of his um, stage crew he's a guy and his, other performers, yeah, his yeah. other performers that are with him. And there was a couple of times where he would go to the mic and just be like... Ah. And he was expecting it to be like... Ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, and he just he just got so pissed off. <laughs> and he just started pacing around the stage, he was pissed off. Wow. He was just, like, livid. And wow. he was, like, kicking the shit out of this, like, this control panel on the ground because he was just, like, so mad. And it happened, like, three or four times.
0: I wonder if that just goes to show, like, maybe how much... He thinks that ACL is important, you know? Like, you don't want to fuck up on a stage that big. Yeah, but, I mean, dude, honestly, he
1: probably had no less than 100,000 people watching the show.
0: You think there was 100,000 people there? Mm-hmm. So when you turned around... I think that I
1: think that there... Wait, well, when I turned around, I couldn't see shit from my point of view. Yeah. I think that at the festival itself, there was at least 150,000 people there. Yeah, well, I wouldn't doubt that. It was huge. But, yeah, so... I just had the best freaking time ever it was my birthday was on Monday so I basically just celebrated Friday through Sunday just went ball happy belated birthday Hunter thank you thank you sir I'm 22 from all the other listeners too we all wish you a happy birthday (laughs) absolutely so um, good yeah it was great loved
0: it yeah I I can't wait to to go next year and and now I'm just I'm just waiting for that new Radiohead album Mm -hmm. so we can get front new baby the new I'm gonna cradle it in my arms yeah no shit (laughs) All right, well, we got a few things on the, uh, the news list. Last time, the, the list was pretty bloated, and uh, <laughs> I shrank it down a little bit. Um, so we're going to see how it goes this time. So we're going to go ahead and get started. This is uh, Winnie Banter. Winnie Banter. Number one. Um, this, honestly, I, I guarantee you no one's going to give a shit about this. Okay, <laughs> but I, I, I love it <laughs> I'll give
1: you one of, one of the yeah, cut dude. off neck things if so out. I just want to say
0: real quick that Dark Souls 2 is getting its own comic um, <laughs> a lot of the times like video games they'll do like little supplementary things or alongside releases comics are a huge one of them and it's just a way for like super passionate fans to get more of what they want and honestly for companies to make more money so yeah it's going to be called Dark Souls 2 Into, into the Light and it's going to explore the gothic atmosphere of the game. Which is really cool, because honestly, Dark Souls is known for uh, the lore that's in the game. But what's really funny is in this game, you can only really find the lore if you're looking very hard. Right? It's almost like it's going to reward players who want to find it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got this, like, the, the creator of the game, has he fuses, like, these really old medieval influences with, like, the South Korean... Wow. Just stuff that he likes. So, like, yeah, everybody who talks, like, uh, one of the biggest quotes is "Thou hast journeyed far, O chosen. Like, they say, they like, talk really weird. It's the weirdest game.
1: <laughs> I don't know much about Dark Souls, but I think it's always interesting to see the origins of a story and/or like a plot, right? Yeah. And seeing different media outlets that that spawn from it, you know. Because yeah. like, with most movies, they came from books and stuff, right? But and in some movies. Books written about them, which is so weird. yeah. Never then, read that, and then Never having thought. like a video game that was made on its own, and then being able to spawn other s- sorts of media from that—it's all that's cool.
0: Yeah. All right, so that was number one. Uh, number two, I just want to go ahead and I want to talk about uh, the movie Gravity. Oh shit! Yeah, yes. one I want to see it. Oh my like, god! So bad. Hey,
1: um, it's called like the D Room or something, where uh, like oh, your chair. Oh rooms. yeah, yeah. I want to try that shit out,
0: but this could be a movie to do it on. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Let's do it. Gravity debuts at fifty five point six million dollars, making making it the largest October debut ever. Hmm. Um, number two, I'm just going to go down the the top five movie <laughs> box office. Okay, yeah, sure I, sure. I always found those really interesting. Uh,
1: lately, there's been some cool movies. Dude, I know. Yeah.
0: I went and saw Insidious two. Oh uh, yeah, bad.
1: okay. What was that? it?
0: Was, it was fucking good. It, it was, was. It, it good. was like
1: what you thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I want to. I'm going to say clarify
1: why. Because cause you and I talked about how I just... I I don't like movies that are just trying to be scary and freaky. You don't like that either, right? You just like real good stories. Yeah,
0: see, and that's the thing. is like What got me into horror movies was seeing The Conjuring. And I will say that like I think The Conjuring was better than Insidious 2. But I think Insidious 2 is in the same vein. And where if you stop looking at it as a horror movie and just get rid of all the baggage and preconceived notions that come with it and just mm-hmm. look at it as a fucking film, mm-hmm. it will really give you the opportunity to, like... Take it. it and appreciate it. That being said, like, yeah, it still scared me. Like, this, like yeah. when I was going to bed that night, Here's I thought thoughts. about it, you know? Yeah. And, but, um, <laughs> Your brain's working. Anyway, series two, so, great movie. Um, yeah, good <laughs> shit. Number two, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 came in at 21.5 million, which kind of surprises me. I don't know how long this movie's been out, and it's still number two, but obviously, like, that movie made it. I, I didn't like the first one. Um, but I think it, it's crazy how.
1: People cannot even like the first one, and they'll still make a sequel.
0: It's for their kids, though. They're they're taking their kids to this movie. Okay. Uh, Number three was Runner Runner, which was um, Justin Timberlake's movie. Oh, Affleck, And that debuted at $7.6 million. Which which is low, right? Yeah. Low. Real low. And not only that, but it got beat by a film that's been out for three weeks and obviously grabbed and killed it. So, yeah, it was kind of a flop. Yeah,
1: that's... But I do
0: want to see it. I really do. I want to check that movie out. I don't
1: want to see it... (sighs) I mean,
0: just the way that he was even advertising. It looks okay. I just like the people. That's an HBO movie. Okay. You know, where, like, if it's on, you'll watch. Yeah, on course. Number four was Prisoners at $7.6 That actually caught my eye. I really want to see Prisoners, which is the movie with um, Hugh Jackman and, uh, fuck, the kid from Donnie Darko Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal and their daughters get kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looked crazy. Dude, yeah. Hugh Jackman looks rowdy as fuck. Because, like, he's... Well, he's always exactly, rowdy. Exactly, but now... <laughs> this is
1: the second time we've got a Hugh dude,
0: Jackman in our... I'll circle pants. jerks as Hugh Jackman any time, man. That guy, I'm a fan, all right? I'm he's a baller. there. He's he is
1: baller. a... Baller. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: I think, they're skies, great. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think both guys. Yeah, yeah. I think they're both great, and that's the thing. Is like, dude, it's been like what four weeks since that movie came out. It's top five still. It's got to be good. There you go. And number five, a movie that really holds a good special place in my heart, even though I haven't seen it yet, is uh, Rush at four point four million, and that's the movie that is about um, it's about those two F one racers and their whole story together. Um,
1: Olivia Wilde looks so goddamn sexy.
0: People like that shouldn't even be allowed to exist.
1: I'm just gonna walk around and get whatever I want. because like, <laughs> Super
0: hot. <high. laughs> yeah. Okay. you go. It makes Here you me feel bad about your life because you know you'll probably never even talk to me. Jesus. I love that this Formula One movie is is has this exposure. I love that it's been like three to four weeks. It's in the top five because, dude, especially over the last like two to three weeks, I have been getting so fucking deep into F one. Like I bought, I downloaded the app on my phone. I can tell. Yeah. On your Facebook. Fucking right. Whoops. I, downloaded, <laughs> I downloaded the app on my phone, so I'm reading the news day by day. Um, I'm watching all the races, finally. I'm trying to learn the names. I'm learning the teams. I'm learning team strategies. And then, just the other night, you know how you'll get on YouTube, and you'll just be like, baby's first women. And you'll watch, like, 90 videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, did that. I did that with F1. Okay. I was just watching these, like, F1 races and F1 battles, and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. It's and, crazy
1: because I, I don't know anything about F1, mm-hmm. but... There's a surprising amount of just like carryover that almost anyone can
0: relate with because
1: I saw that Senna documentary. Yeah, and, and that was a great
0: documentary. That's another I've thing. That's that. another thing that's really uh, at F1 to the spotlight because I've yeah I've met people who are like I don't watch F1 but I've seen Senna and I'm like fuck yeah you have it was good yeah my grandfather actually was good friends with one of the people who was interviewing Senna in that movie. Okay. Fun fact take that home chew it's delicious nice little quip. <laughs> All right, number three, poor, uh, <coughs> poor Microsoft. Oh, jeez. Microsoft is now trying to advertise um, its new policy reversal and re- I guess kind of get themselves, like they're really trying to clear the air and like get what, they, what their message is now across to the people. It's like, about what? So when they first started, it was going to be always online. People had this conception that you couldn't trade your games and all that, and they've gone back on that, and a lot of people don't know it. So now um, this comes from a source, I guess someone in, in the company who's privy to Microsoft information, who just sort of like put this on the Internet and said this is coming out, this this advertising campaign. But uh, it's titled, quote, Get the Facts, end quote. And um, the text underneath it is, quote, Share, trade in, resell, and gift games to your heart's content. Use Xbox One's disc-based games just like you do today. There are no limitations to using and sharing them. It works just like it does on your Xbox 360. They're trying to be as fucking... Blatant. Blatant <laughs> to the point as possible. And like... Huh, I need stu- I, I know, but I still don't think this is even going to help. I mean... I really don't. It's I only, think... only going to
1: help for people that are p- keeping up with Microsoft. Exactly. And then those people already know about it anyway. Well,
0: exactly, yeah, yeah. So I think the people who originally are confused are still confused because they saw the original message and, you know, so a yeah, little well, I I, am, I I feel bad because I really don't want this to. It's honestly like it, to me it was appalling how bad the reactions were and how just bandwagon the internet became on Microsoft. Like it that was, doesn't
1: surprise me fucking at all.
0: It doesn't it, surprise you know, me. the
1: hugest bandwagon, man. It's like there's some people that start making some stuff and then everyone's like, blah, oh, Blah blah blah." They go on. But board. here's what
0: I'm saying is like. For instance, last year, EA got voted the worst company in America. <laughs> and it's like, are you calling <laughs> my a God. mess? That's <laughs> horrible. Thank you. And, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, are you kidding me? Obviously, this incredible vocal minority of pissed-off 14-year-old fuckhead gamers <laughs> started some goddamn internet yeah. campaign to get this happen. And, and I think it's the same people who are doing this, to, who's giving Microsoft such a hard time. Right. Um, so anyway, we'll have to see, like how far uh, this campaign really stretches and, like, where it goes and if it actually gets seen or has any influence. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I it's know, so right? Like, such a random... Uh, it's, it's, All right, go big. on. Uh, number four. This comes from allthingsd.com. <laughs> it was... <laughs> that <sounds laughs> such like a sexual annulation. Thank you. I know. When I first read this, I was like, this is either, like, a Tenacious D fan site <laughs> or a fucking porno site. <laughs> like, this is just... You know, okay, anyway. Okay. Apple will be holding a uh, fall iPad event on October 22nd. That's
1: another.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, what is that? What, is, what does that mean? Like what more can you do with
1: the, iPod? with the iPad?
0: It's not about... This is how I see it. First of all, I don't think I'll ever buy an iPad. I I might not either. Me neither. I don't think so either. I think they are complete novelties. It's a novelty, yeah. But if I'm going to look at the iPad like I do the iPhone, where, sure... It's gotten very iterative. It's really not a lot of innovation now. It's more of just an upgrade. In a bigger screen. In a bigger screen or whatever it comes with it. Um, if I'm like, I, I know I'm not going to buy every one, so I know that if I wait two years, I can get a really a much better one. Right. You know, And yeah. I think that applies to, okay. know, to iPads too. Uh, right. So... Sources tell uh, sources who are involved in Apple tell all things d that um, it's okay. going to update its iPad line as well as the Mac Pro, and um, OS X is going to be getting stage time. Which I don't know what they're calling their new operating system. The new operating systems, it's always like um, Snow Leopard, Lion, Cheetah. They always it's name it sort of cat cat. Yeah. <laughs> And um, but yeah, I guess a new uh, I guess a new operating system com- is coming out, which I'm fucking stoked because I mean, as you know, you got OS seven on your phone, mm-hmm. and it completely changed the way you use your phone. Yeah, you put a new operating system on a goddamn laptop. There's a lot of potential there. Right. And the the last operating system really tried to make um, the trackpad a ubiquitous experience as like how you interact with your phone with all the swiping gestures and all that it made it very gestural. Okay. So I'm, I'm interested to see what more functionality is going to come. Uh, the, the new iPad is rumored to be thinner and sleeker, duh. And, um,
1: <laughs> Always. Yeah, with an
0: improved camera,
1: duh. Yeah. What if they're going to be like, this one's going to be bulkier yeah. <laughs> and um, Actually, no, no, no
0: dude, <laughs> the iPad 2 was heavier and thicker, and they huh. just they just glossed over it. And during the conference, they just didn't talk about it. Yeah, what you was,
1: never, I guess you would never even want to bring that up. Yeah, you're just not
0: going to bring that shit up. Um, so it's going to have the improved camera, and it's going to have the 64-bit A7 chip in it, which is the same processor that's in the 5S. Okay. Which, you know, is, is it's really fast, yeah. you know. I, I'm going to get a 5S, uh, here in, like, two weeks. Good for you. You're going to love it. I'm stoked. Um, the iPad mini is set to get the Retina display. I think that's the biggest haymaker out of all the, these stories, because if I were to get an iPad... I would get the mini because it's cheaper. I just don't really care. Retinal display. Retina display. So with the retina, do you know what the retina display is? It's kind of like their own coin term that they made. The retina display is, the the theory is if you're holding your iPad at arm's distance, Mm. there are so many pixels on the screen that your eye cannot discern a single pixel. You can't actually pick one out. Okay. So it's like basically super dense High definition. Super
1: resolute. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the, iP- the iPad mini didn't have that. Um, but the iPad... The next... The upgrade is supposed to. And, and honestly, they're... You may think, like, oh, that's not big of a deal. But if you hold them side by side, the color saturation... The color, just spectrum, everything. It's incredible. The reddit display, honestly, is beautiful. The reddit displays come on all the uh, new iPhones now. You know how vibrant those screens are.
1: You, pay, you take pictures on an iPad, too, right? Yes. Because I'm thinking that if you have that capability with an iPad and it has all you know, that pix- pixelation you know, capability, then you mm-hmm. could... Take a picture and zoom in a long way. It well, yeah, yeah.
0: Pixelated, you know. And the more, the be. more megapixels your camera has, the more so you can do that. Which mm-hmm. is why with that Nokia phone, I think it advertises like
1: yeah
0: forty-seven or like forty-nine. Which is honestly fucking retarded. Yeah. Like when I first saw that, I was like, <laughs> dude. See, I don't,
1: I don't, know what the numbers are to, to even be able to compare. That, well, well, that's
0: why it, it advertises that you can zoom in from so far away is because it took so many. You yeah. know, like if you if you take a uh, you know on your computer if you take a picture. And then drag the corner and make it bigger, it gets real blurry. Right. That's because it's just expanding those pixels. Yeah. So um, the iPhone now I think has a nine megapixel display. Which is a nine? Or maybe even eight. But and that's what I'm saying. Like it's gotta be this brilliant camera. I should really I really need to dig down into some more like research on it or like what's been said, because I've also heard that like the way the phone like, interacts with the camera, can actually affect the, the quality of the picture, and that it, even having just because, like, I've heard that just because the number's big, that doesn't mean the camera's better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last little thing about this uh, event is that listen to this it coincides with Nokia's innovation showcase and the retail release of Microsoft's Surface 2. So essentially, they're just like, oh, you're trying to launch all your new uh, products? (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and put, yeah, I'm going to make sure all the world's eyes are on me while you're you're going at it, you know? Well,
1: I mean, that uh, makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. If they did it any after, then they would honestly be putting themselves at risk. And if they did it a little bit before, they'd be putting themselves at risk. Yeah, you lose
0: mindshare. You want to be what everyone's talking about for as long as possible. Because I think with Apple, they almost thrive on that because they have such
1: a belief in their product and in the, in the quality of the product, that they want it to be um, compared side by side. Well, yeah, I as guess... As much as they can because they're, I, like guess I didn't even, better.
0: I didn't even take into consideration that, like, this event's a total flop and then by comparison it looks even worse. So I guess there's some risk with going at the same time. I guess. Yeah. So, um, halfway through the show, what do you, how do you feel about this beer?
1: beer. Um beer... Again... I still like it. Yeah. I haven't changed my opinion on liking it. Um, Honestly, it's.
0: And and I'm going to go ahead and tell the listeners when we start the show, we we take all the beers out of the refrigerator and we let them warm up so the taste or the the flavors can really open. Mm -hmm. So, um,. Theoretically, the the initial taste will be different than the final taste, and that's I guess that's a lot of reason why we, we do. also plays in how how
1: drunk we get because we buy a six pack each. And <laughs> honestly, like personally, I try to take out at least four by the
0: way. Yeah, like we didn't tell. I don't think we've told listeners that, no, but yeah. yeah, we we come loaded with a six pack of beer for these shows.
1: And take it out in an now. Yeah, we get pretty
0: fucking deep into them, dude. And I
1: even have a side of wine just because. In a kind of an up and down emotional
0: day. <laughs> I made it, all right. Don't judge me. Let me fucking drink my vine. <laughs> um, yeah. So give me give me your, your mid, your mid, your halftime uh, opinion.
1: Um, it's really I'm I'm having tr- uh, a tough time discerning particular tastes because one I'm congested, <laughs> and uh, two I. I really like the initial. I feel like the initial when it hits your tongue, yeah, you get the hops, definitely. But then it kind of backs off, you know, like it doesn't. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. You don't think about all oh, man, it's bitter. So you get the you get the initial hops, but then it chills out as it you know as it works its way to the back of your mouth. So yeah. I, I mean, I like it. It's.
0: it's I a nice... think I think I have been spoiled. We're not spoiled, but conditioned to really expect a lot of alcohol from beers because mm-hmm. of IPAs. And not that like a beer like, doesn't have to have a lot of alcohol to be good. It's just that there is like a lack of body, like in, both in this beer and the one that we had last time, that I really felt where like, it just feels thin and maybe two-dimensional. But I feel like
1: that goes along with just deciding to choose beer over other alcohol. Yeah, you know, I mean it. It is a thinner. I mean, yeah. The more expensive of a beer you're going to get, the more body you're going to get for sure. But I don't know. I just feel like it's good. People that yeah, people that want to drink beer kind of want that. Like yeah, like
0: I said, this I think this beer is incredible, incredibly drinkable. I think this is a a perfect beer for getting a six pack with your friends, or if you see it at a tap at a bar mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to drink quite a few beers, but I don't want to feel like I drank quite a few beers. Yeah, drink this
1: beer. Yeah, you know? if you want to, if I if I could. If I can put it on this scale, if ten is just like a really, you know, full-bodied alcoholic beer, like ten percent, yeah, and one is Natty Light or Keystone or something. This is like a six because it's like it's a little bit above. I agree with that. It's a little bit above halfway, but it's definitely it's definitely not something that you would drink and be like, oh well, this is this is a little bit. This is getting to. This me. really has a lot of
0: gusto. I feel like I
1: could take down a six pack of this, and I'd be probably pretty good. I, you know, it yeah. would it wouldn't really affect me that
0: much. So flavor wise, I think we both enjoy it. I think if anything, like we're definitely pinning on what you should be doing when you are
1: drinking. Yeah, because
0: that is a great session. <laughs> it's the perfect session. Make, make sure you have all the tools in your toolbox to build the perfect session. <laughs> Cook outdoors. It's <laughs> you know, yeah. a beautiful day. Just Have a great session. Get a fucking guitar. You can do whatever you want. Uh, that don't tempt me. All right, number five. Um, in an interview with a Mexican website called SoPitas, and this is kind of this story is kind of like the topic of the week. It's going to be a, the, the one I really want to get into. Okay. Um, Tom York recently spoke out against Spotify, calling it quote. I saw this. I saw yeah. this right. Okay. Quote the last. The last... This is great. Yeah. The last desperate fart of a of a, di- <laughs> of a dying corpse, okay? I don't even know what he really means by that. Though. Well, I'm going to get into it. Um, I think the corpse that is dying is the music industry as it works now. Okay. He's basically attacking the relationship that Spotify and major record labels have, okay? Um, and, th- and this is in lieu of, of them pulling... Uh, a mock off of Spotify. Adams for Peace's office, not on there. Okay. Good um, and so, and here's a quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this, this is a quote from him. Um, he's talking about the major labels. We don't need you to do it. We can build the shit ourselves, but because they're using old music, the majors, the majors see it as a way of reselling their stuff for free, making a fortune, and not dying. So, I think what and and here's and like also I kind of want to break this down with you because ultimately I am a little confused on the stance of this taking. Yeah. I think what he is trying to say is that um, these major record labels holders are you know have the most influence in the industry right now because they have the most money, but they're kind of grasping on to old ways which are degrading now. I think Mm -hmm. over the last five years the way music is. Sold and distributed has vastly changed. So they're they're still holding on to the way it used to be. And then to complement their income or supplement their income, they've got places like Spotify and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost thought that... I, I wouldn't have even really thought that Spotify was a huge um, partner with these major label companies. They have,
0: well, think about it this way. They have 22 million subscribers, 6 million of which pay, pay a premium.
1: Yeah, $10 a month.
0: Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, they have to have a relationship with these major record labels to get the um, to get the music. Oh, out of it. Yeah. yeah, so and so I just want to throw some some other facts out there. Uh, Spotify has defended itself, saying that um, it's actually paid five hundred million dollars in two thousand and twelve to music rights holders. So they're they're essentially saying like you know we're we're giving back, but I giving I, our due
1: share yeah. back to the artists.
0: But I think he's but I think also what Tomorke. Tom York is getting at is that if you are an independent music maker or you are small, Mm -hmm. you're not on one of these major record labels, it's very fucking hard for you to, like, sustain yourself. Because you either have to give yourself over to Spotify and not make money off your music, Mm -hmm. or, you know, what the fuck else do you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, 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 they're not, like, Tom York is not in any way a small music holder, and Adams for Peace is in no way, like, a startup band. I can it's kind a of... It's super group. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking super group. I, I can see why he pulled it off. Like, given what we just said, where, like, old or smaller bands shouldn't have to use that avenue to get their music out, right. Adams for Peace technically is a new band, so... Maybe that's why they didn't do it. But I I still think Flea and Nigel Godrich and Tom York's name are big enough for that to kind of be bullshit. Um, Tom York
1: is awesome. I mean, did you hear, you know about how he distributed his In Rainbows album, Well, yeah. that is a huge deal. He actually, he fucked all of the label companies and he got more money from it. So what did he he do? What what did he do? So basically, for anyone who doesn't know, Radiohead, um, I think it was 2008 that they released uh, In Rainbows? Yeah,
0: 2007.
1: They you. put it online, and they basically said, "This is free." And I, they didn't do this for the entirety of the lifespan of the album. You have to pay for it now, but just for the first for about, you... yeah, I think almost for like three to six months, uh, and that's a that's a broad range. But yeah, still, they they made it free, and they said, "We want anyone that wants to be able to access our album to access it. You can download it for free." We will simply just say, you know, if you want to donate, if you think that it's something that's worth value to you, you can donate however much you want. And people respected that and respected their artistic mastery of music enough to the point where they made just as much, pretty much, just from the I donate. heard they made more. More, yeah. yeah. And, and and it really put the music industry on its head. Yeah. And and that's that's why I love Tom Bjork, because he's all about that. He's all about just fucking up the establishment of, you know, big corporation BS. Yeah.
0: Um, and he actually mentioned that in this interview. He mm-hmm. said, like, when we did the In Rainbow thing, we felt like a real connection with the fans. And see, that plays like, perfect. Like, that that business model, pay what you want. First of all, is being adopted all over the place by new bands. Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to say Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, they were like, we want you to pay for our site, but we're not going to, like, make you pay uh, for it, but it just... Fuck. it. <laughs> I like music. I mean, I usually don't get me wrong. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, yeah, so for me, like, I admittedly, like, I download a lot of my music illegally. Okay? Mm-hmm. That being said, it's almost just, be- like, I don't have the money to sit there and, and buy all these albums. And so you might say, like, well, tough shit. You don't deserve to have them. Where, but I don't like. It's not that I sit there and listen to these albums twenty four seven. I really listen to an album once or twice if I like it. And I continue to listen to it. If I don't, I never listen to it again. Right. But if I do end up liking it, I'm the kind of consumer where I ultimately I will vote with my wallet. Okay. Mm-hmm. The whole reason I even have like records or vinyls is because like I already owned In Rainbows, right? Mm-hmm. But I went and bought the record because I love that shit so much, it's almost just like, here you go. And same with the sword. I have two sword vinyls that I already have the records for. And, and you they, want that person to get your money. Yes, I'm just like, let me support you. you know, yeah, and this is the awesome. only way I can really do it. Um, let me let me rifle off a few more facts, and then we're going to get a, a another take from Nigel Godrich on this as well.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Okay, so... Um, $500 million were paid out to 2012 to music rights holders, like we said. Um, small labels have also praised Spotify. Um, Beggars Group is a small record label, as an example, and their chairman said that uh, once they became a part of Spotify, 22% of its digital revenue actually came from streaming. And what they didn't say was if the revenue went up or down, all right? So I don't know if that means that they made more, but regardless, this small record label is praising them. Um, And number two... Spotify has also been labeled as a key factor in norway um and Sweden as as sort of bolstering music sales so before Spotify came in, music sales were on a decline, and after it started in two thousand and twelve uh recorded revenues went up seventeen percent and so basically people are buying music more yeah so you know, maybe just so like I was. good,
1: just overall for yeah. music consumption. So general. maybe
0: people are using it like the way I do, where like let me try a band out here and then buy them later if I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this, so Nigel Godrich to get him in on this. This wasn't in the same interview or anything, but it has to do with the same um, subject, I guess. The London School of Economics issued a report on um, on piracy. And Nigel Godrich said that he is, quote, distraught over it, Right? The report actually counters claims that creative industries are suffering, suffering, their revenue is suffering because of streaming and digital file sharing, all right? The report says, quote, revenues from concerts and publishing rights have increased since 2000, end quote, and that although CD and vinyl, um, CD and vinyl income has declined, so like, physically going out and buying the music, that's declined, Yeah, uh, it's still offset by concerts and t-shirts and all Because
1: people get so rap people get a lot more access to the music they really like, therefore it becomes a lot more part of who they are and they want to go see it live. And that's how I am. Like, yeah. I mean, you can, but like, at the same time, I almost want to say like, population growth could be accounted for you know? It's like the fact that there are more people that are really I wouldn't see say
0: Pop- maybe the population of people who are able to consume music. Yeah. but Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, very, it's almost like inflation. That's, a, that's a very viable um, point. So basically Godrich comments that, and this is all paraphrasing, um, piracy has had such a disastrous effect that the only way for an artist to succeed is by... Um, making sure they're visible at any means possible, even allowing piracy. So the only way to really get your name out there is is to do something where I I make a ripple in in the music industry so you know who I am. It's not about, like, buying my CD and having good music. It's It's, you know... Almost
1: like Kendrick Lamar. Did you hear about his rap that he had that really had this huge ripple throughout Twitter and all social media because he called out, like you know, nine or ten of these rappers that are like, one, a, a good amount of them are good good friends of his. Second of all, the, the the song that he decided to call them out on wasn't even his song. It was Big Sean's song. And third of all, he's basically like...
0: Yeah, what's he, what's he saying? He basically
1: just says, like, fuck all of you. I think that all of you are going through this rap game, and, and you think that you're, you know, doing sh- doing shit in a legitimate way. But I'm trying to kill all of you. I'm trying to make sure that your core fans have never heard of you. You know, that was one of his quotes. He's like, "I'm going to make sure that your your number one fans have never heard of you because I'm going to go so hard. I'm going to give it everything I got." And people loved it. Not only did the rappers, yeah, but what's really
0: calling out? I mean, if anything, that's a mission statement.
1: Yeah, it, it it kind of is, but it's the same effect. I mean, it's 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 just sending out a ripple for ripple's sake instead of. I, I, am I on track of what you're saying at all like just trying to make a, a an impact on the industry instead of yeah, just making yeah. the best art that you can yeah, but
0: I think he's a little different in this case where like I think his established fame is what enabled him to achieve the podium on which he spoke on
1: and you're yeah. talking you're referring to
0: I'm, well, I think they're referring to and not that like you missed the mark, but think of just just think of if you were a startup band. Which I kind of am. Yeah, like, how are you going to get your music out there in a way that's going to, A, support you, mm-hmm. and B, you know, like, how do you not, how do you deal with, how do you deal deal with and adapt? Um, real, just to finish off, Godrich comments, he notes that T-shirts and tickets have nothing to do with copyright and creation. And so he's almost, in my, like, the, what I took away from it is that he's pissed, like, he doesn't care that concert tickets go up and T-shirt sales are up. He just cares that CD sales are down. Hmm. And and honestly, because it's I mean, more of like the event,
1: not just the not just the music itself.
0: But see, like I am all about concerts. It's another. I'm ad nice. not. That's what's weird. Nah. Almost, okay. Well, then let me like let me tell you let me tell you my end. Like when I when it comes to supporting a band, like I will pay that fucking band. Mm-hmm a thousand goddamn dollars <laughs> so I can be front row. <laughs> yeah. Because that front row experience awesome. is literally incredible. I mean it's it's it is above
1: I finally understand what you're saying. I've never done that
0: before. Yeah, it's something else. And that's why I've almost stuck to smaller shows because it's easier to do. Right. So I have no pro like I I feel like and, and so here, here let me let me go ahead and pose the ultimate question. This is a question I, I really want to get into is does art belong to the people? And should everyone have access to it? deep. You know? Because, essentially, that's what's going on here. Is that they have created something. And people are finding ways to get at it for free. And if I say, you know, like I said earlier, I can't afford to legally listen to all the bands I listen to. Mm-hmm. Is that a tough shit? Get your economics and your finances straight. Like, make up, sure
1: that whatever you pay for is the thing you want.
0: Grow up in the world so you can make the money you need to pay for the hobby you have and support? Mm-hmm. Or is it okay that these people made, you know, this um, this album and it's having an effect on pop culture, so I want to be a part of it so that I go and get it, you know? Yeah, that's,
1: that's a really weird, or uh, a really good question, because, yeah... I really think that it's, it's kinda of funny when people refer to the internet as kind of the wild west right now, right? Because there's just this super overall interaction between people all over the world and they can just kinda of like share stuff and talk about stuff together and they influence each other. But I don't because I mean as I, as as an artist right now, this is what I see, right? I have a sound cloud. And so I can put up my stuff on the SoundCloud, and it's really hard to get anybody to actually listen to it. I'll post something on Facebook, I'll post something on Twitter, yeah. but like, after I've had my SoundCloud for over a year, I, I have maybe 700, 800 listens. That's impressive. But yes, that's not really. In the grand scheme of that. After a year, it's really not. And, um, so, I almost, I almost want to say that like, for that reason alone, if I put something out that's awesome, I want some help from some bigger followers. You know, like, yeah. like, essentially, the same thing as a, what a venture capitalist would do for a very young, maturing, or young, budding um, company, right? Give you, basically take a lot of your stuff, but allow you to grow and become a bigger, you know, bigger influence in right. society. Support you. Yeah. And so, I would, I almost want to say that I would be down with that. At the same time, I understand what you're saying uh, with you know, you should be able to, you should be able to make art and to express yourself and really work hard on something without just getting all your, all your shit taken. And yeah, it might have an influence on the pop culture around you and and it might, you know, make the events that you're a part of uh, a little bit bigger. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really have any influence on how you feel about your music, how people actually interacted with your music, with your art, you know, it's, let me, yeah, it's a it, tough one.
0: Let, let me draw a parallel, because I yeah. wanted to, I started thinking, too, about art, um, <laughs> Thank you. there you go, take the tarbon. Yes, sir. The tar. Yeah, by the way, we've named the um, ceremonial podcast beer opener, the tarbon.
1: I just call it the ranch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, hey, Andrew, this is for you. It's all the Tar. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. think about how art functioned in the world two thousand years ago. Okay, okay I'm going to use. <laughs> I'll
1: think about it, but I have no idea. I'm going <laughs> to use
0: the Statue of David as my example. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah? I actually saw that.
0: So the Statue of David was commissioned, paid for. Okay, somebody was like, "Hey, we well, want you to make it this statue for the city. Okay. Here's the money. Do it." All right, so Michelangelo's up and once. He makes the statue, and then before... And the statue is actually meant to go um, on top of, like, a church or a building, which is why I really... Well, quit, well, quit I'm a little quick, little quip for you right here. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> the hands and the head and the feet are bigger, are way out of proportion, because it was meant to be looked at from below.
1: And those are the hardest things to nail as an artist, the hand and the feet and the head, and so you wanted to make sure, like, hey, all you motherfuckers. I remember seeing this. Yeah. All you motherfuckers know that I'm, I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> so you see this
0: yeah. shit. Well, so before every statue is put on its pediment where it's supposed to go, it would have a week in the courtyard in, like, the plaza where everyone could go and look at it. And the statue of David just drew up so much fervor. God. Just people were, like, you know, in awe of it that it never went up. And it just became a public icon. And then, you know, look at Look what it is now. So, did Michelangelo get paid every time someone looked at his goddamn sculpture? No. But what he did get was influence, reputation. He's a legend for me. He's a legend. All right? Which means he's going to get more commissions. More commissions mean more more money. In my personal opinion, a commission is a concert. Like, oh, your music's badass? Well, we're going to book your show for this huge-ass state, you know? Okay. So, and, and even, like, I can even tie it into the games industry where some people say, like, with the, the used games and trading, and like, well, I can buy this game for 20 bucks and play it, but okay, well, you shouldn't do that because none of the money goes to the developer. Uh, and they say, well, I can't afford to pay $60 for this game. I have to wait for you know, a year until it's used. Okay, well, do, do you say tough shit, you can't afford it, so don't, you can't have that hobby, or that's your hobby and passion you should have access to it?
1: I just want to say, though, because we are talking about music as an which it is, right? Yep. And there is, but there is a specific sect of music that is art. And I, I, have been very devout in trying to preach this to people that music is not only an artism; it's an entertainment. Yeah. And um, so, and consumers and artists alike view music differently. I, I view music as art and a supplemental entertainment. A lot of people I know. There's a lot of my really, really good friends that do not look at music as, you know, this really self-expressive. That's something you um, like contemplate. It's not something, yeah. It doesn't work even, over the details. It doesn't even invoke any this. sort of emotion that you had never felt before, which is what I love about music, mm-hmm. right? If I hear a song that I've never heard and that I'm just like, oh my gosh, this was a straight-up artistic masterpiece. I have a connection the thing, Yeah, the thing about it is it invokes an emotion within me that I've never felt before. Right. And with other people, they don't do that. They They listen to it because they want to feel good. They want it to inspire some sort of nostalgia or some sort of you know, get the party started. Yeah, they, yeah. They they get affected by it um, in a way that you know it's entertainment for them. Yeah. And so for, imagine the entire opposite spectrum of the entire industry of music, where you think about Hannah Montana and Taylor Swift and all these people that literally go into music, and even if they have even if they have you know the integrity to want to create art. They're basically just providing entertainment for people, and and, I think and so
0: that really comes out when when artists have people writing their songs for them, right? Life and shit like that, which and, is rampant in, in mainstream music.
1: And so imagine how distraught they would be if they had all of that pop culture influence, all of that free, um, you know, all they almost love the fact that people are able to just like share stuff openly and and, and download their shit for free, not necessarily because. Um you know, they don't like the fact that they're losing the profits from the, the downloading or anything, but they like the fact that people are listening to their shit and that they're gonna come and go to the concerts. Yeah, right?
0: but you know what's funny though, is like I don't think the audience that listens to Taylor Swift is the audience that's downloading music illegally. I think the reason why I think you're wrong. No, but let's hear me out. Okay. I think the okay. reason why people like Taylor Swift and anybody else make so much money is because the only people who buy their music are, like, young white girls, or just, you know, daddies. Well, you think
1: those people don't know how to download
0: music illegally? No. I definitely don't think Taylor Swift fans are going onto the Pirate Bay and, easy, and ripping torrents.
1: I mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know shit about... I didn't, I, I still don't know shit about technology. And when I was, like, 13, LimeWire, dude, I just went on there and yeah. I just downloaded... LimeWire well, was anything a that I, Yeah, anything I wanted.
0: Yeah, but I don't think the standard Hannah Montana fan is... A doing that knows how to do it. I think the people who are super into music, who want to consume so much of it, mm-hmm. that's the reason why they turn to piracy. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, but they but they might be super into music for non-artistic reasons. That's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, that's that's re- oh yeah, I didn't even think about that.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they're I'm really gonna, about music, but they just don't. Like I'm it. gonna rip
0: this 100 song playlist for this next part. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Um, honestly, it's a question that I. I, uh, if, if I were to give a definite answer, like, I think, I am honestly drawing parallels between Metallica with Napster, with Tom York and the Spotify yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, that really put a bad, just stamp yeah. on their image. And on Metallica's, on Metallica's image? On Metallica's
1: image. Dude, Tom York's on it. I mean, he doesn't even really have an image, that's what's so awesome. Yes, he does. His image is not <laughs> given a shit. That, I think, and that's what I love about it, dude. Uh, awesome. I don't, I don't think know. that people are going to, like, hear Tom York saying that and be like, oh, he sucks now. People are going to hear that, and his true fans are going to be like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Tom York is the shit. All right. The last part of a dying corpse. Hell yeah.
0: Hey, I'm, I, but I'm, I am I'm interested to see, and like, in the very end in of the interview, he says it's not about what's happening now, it's about what's going to happen once this system is dead. This Spotify? This is whole Spotify. Like, I... I in his eyes, we're in the twilight hours of the way music was distributed for the last fifty years. I wonder what he thinks it's going go to be. Exactly, and um, yeah, I'm. He's just probably going to be a huge leader in it. I
1: it's would hope so. Honest.
0: Think about it: if he stopped making music and just started working in the industry, like he, he could. He's I'm not going to stop. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. How old is he? You know, uh, I want to say Tom York is probably mid. Yeah, so I mean, he theoretically could be going for thirty yeah, more years, 30 years. You know, I mean, look at fucking Rush. They're sixty-five <laughs> and they'd they would still put on uh, arguably the best live show <laughs> in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, seen magazines, definitely uh, backing that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that was it, man. That's all I have on the, uh, yeah. the docket. Great. Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we had a good time. So, um... great session. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think this could have happened if we didn't have such a good session beer.
1: Yeah. We were, we're, we're uh, contemplating kind of how we wanted this podcast to go, and we were excited about, one, that I had gone to ACL, but two, this, we wanted to talk about music world, we're both very musically uh, oriented people, it's a part of who we are, so yeah. Yeah, I to think to we're
0: going to bring in more music aspects and more just technology, um, as fucking much as I get a boner for gaming. <laughs> And how goddamn in depth I can go into it. I can't really provide yeah, I just, much insight. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> just sit there and be like, oh by the way Dark Souls is Ninja." Yeah. Nintendo Direct just announced a new Kirby game. Like, alright, well who fucking cares. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's still a work in progress. Um let's go ahead and plug our shit. You can find me at Bodacious Chase, um on Twitter, Hunter You're at Diesel Dorset. Diesel Dorset. Which honestly I find funny considering your. uh you're one mishap with diesel fuel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to? uh yeah, go ahead. To the <laughs> viewers,
0: let them know what you did.
1: Basically, it was a horror, perfect horror movie setup, right? Because I had gone to spring break. I think it was my sophomore year. We went to uh, Panama City Beach. No, it was freshman year. Panama City Beach. And on the way back, it was like a 19-hour drive back to Austin. Jesus. And uh, on the way back, we stopped in New Orleans. We had some stuff to eat. And some people, half of our crew that we were carpooling with was like, we're just going to stay, go to Bourbon Street and get rowdy. And I was like, I've had a full week of raging. You're I just want to get back.
0: What to fucking sleep. So
1: it's me in the front with this girl that I'm talking to that I'm like really trying to make a good impression on. And then, like, this other cute girl in the back and a uh, token Hispanic. Mexican, I'll say, because he is Mexican. (laughs) And um, we we go until we're about. We're about. We're about. (laughs) right, we're about an hour and a half out. I think it's like Centerville or something that it's called. We're about an hour and a half out from Austin. And (laughs) I'm, like, delirious. It's 2 in the morning. I'm out of gas. I go to a gas station. I, uh. You know, I put my card in, I grab the green handle, I put it in, oh, the green handle doesn't even go into the, to the gas spout. That's weird. So I just
0: fucking (laughs) shoot it in. He fucking, (laughs) (laughs) so not only did he have the option of all three normal gas needs to his guy left. he was one, he was one and
1: green, and I just didn't realize that there was a difference. Well, Hunter
0: grabs green, and then he's like, he just aims it in there, and he fucking shoots it into his Oh, you put diesel fuel in the car! I literally shot diesel into my car,
1: and I and I go a mile down the road. I go a mile down the road, and I start hearing like a. I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I think my my gas cap. I didn't I didn't plug it. I pull over to the side of the road, and the gas cap's fine. I get back in the car, and I literally like I literally turn the key, and it's just nothing. Absolutely nothing. don't a just.
0: You almost wonder if you wouldn't have stopped if you could have made it all the way. (laughs) No
1: way. And, um, yeah, so we ended up being on the side of the road in this place where on the left side of the street from us, mind you, it's 2.30 in the morning. Right. You're in the middle of of nowhere. nowhere. It is a town, I think I saw the population, was 1,500. Jesus. On the left, there's an abandoned fireworks stand. On the right, there's like three mobile homes. Oh, God. And we have these hot Zeta girls with us, and we have a token Mexican and me, the white dude, the <laughs> dumb no
0: thing. It was a, it's a, horror, story story a movie.
1: horror movie setup, and I was like, "Okay, well, I know Jorge's dying for it, <laughs> and I've got to be the guy who yeah. you know, survives." These... No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Jorge is going to be fucking one of those girls. They're going to both get off. That leaves you and the chick, which means it's either going to end with one of your survivors. <laughs> usually, it's a chick. Yeah, yeah. typically the chick.
1: Yeah, so my dad was a lifesaver and got me out of that, but from then on, I mean, after I told that story to all my fraternity brothers, I was known as Diesel Dorset. and it's kind of funny, because I like the name Diesel, I think it's like, it's almost Diesel. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Texas, Yeah, so I like the name, but like, anyone that actually knows me knows that it's, it's basically a jest, it's it's making fun of me. a great word, Kind of like funter, you know. Fucking... So
0: uh, yeah, I mean sure. shit. We were we were a friendship based on nicknames for like a year. Oh my god, my god. baby,
1: baby will never,
0: Baby's hilarious. It will never leave yeah. me. How, yeah, how mad I would get because it was so. That's exactly because you all did it for a year and a half. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so um, <laughs> at relationships chase at diesel Dorset. I still haven't made a goddamn email for this podcast. Wow, I know I'm a fucking reader. I just keep forgetting. We are going to eventually. We'll tonight. We'll tonight. Yeah, we're going to have a Gmail account where you can send your questions. And um, Hunter, go ahead and plug your SoundCloud. Oh we, yeah, We're going to we hear your songs.
1: Awesome. Uh, if you if if you just go to SoundCloud.com, I've made sure that all of my music that is on there is tagged Hunter and Dorset and Hunter Dorset. So when you go um, into the search bar and you type in Hunter Dorset you will see pretty much all of my stuff. And you can either just go from there and track song for song, or you just go to my profile. So I don't know the actual URL for my profile, but that's how I tell everybody to try and access my stuff. Search
0: Hunter Dorsett and you there. Boom. Sound. Quiet. Uh The only musical thing I've ever done that's on the internet. Go uh, go to YouTube and type in The Blackout Heist. Hank. i a music video. See if you can find me. Awesome. Those go guys ahead. are going to be coming... Um, Next week, next Thursday, we're going to their show. They're coming to ATX? They're coming, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to see them.
0: All right, well, hey, that's been episode three of Witty Banter. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this one. I think we got some good stuff. Good shit. Yeah, so thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys.